1: The first secret track, hashtag Beatles did it. <gasps> uh, this is a favorite of mine. I'd rank it as my third fave on the White Album. It's John telling a story that's the perfect amount of Twisted. It's a nursery rhyme that's as subtly dark as a uh, nursery rhyme, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read a nursery rhyme lately. It's pretty dark. It's about telling, letting a child cry and there's children performing seances... I uh, love how the piano and lead guitar gets more aggressive with each subsequent verse. It's catchy as heck. It's a solid rocker. That is a relief because you can't hear any tension from the band in it, and nobody's slagging on anybody. Also, I sing this song a lot to my cat, who is very <laughs> vocal for no reason.
0: <laughs> cat, baby, cat, no. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't sure how I felt about this one to be honest, but after more repeat listens i grew to really really enjoy it and before you call me out yes i've heard this song before (laughs) it's just that you know sometimes the back half of the white album can be a bit of a like wash (laughs) because there's just so many songs you're just like wait which one is that uh yeah that's you know sometimes it's the the Feature of of double albums like this, but musically, mm-hmm. it's more interesting than you might think. For being, you know, something that's re- you know, having like a repeated verse over and over. Uh, I love how it just builds with each subsequent verse. You know, more and more stuff keeps keep getting piled on. And hey, there's a secret song. Sweet, yeah.
1: So uh, hey, John Lennon told 100 Davies that like "Good Morning, Good Morning." This was partly inspired by a TV commercial i thought he was done with that but hmm. uh apparently there was an advertisement cry baby cry make your mother buy." <laughs> uh and he's uh yeah the song was completed in india and the group recorded demo at George Harrison's Easter house in may 1968. Lennon was later dismissive of cry baby cry describing it in 1980 as a piece of rubbish so here's the thing about john that i realized like he thinks he could slag on other people people's work, because Mm -hmm. he does it to himself, which is something I used to do, but I realized, no, you're still a jerk if you,
0: you know. It's like the, I'm an equal opportunity offender argument?
1: Yeah, kind of thing. It's like, no, well, look, I'm critical of myself, so, you know, I I can't it. you know, that kind of thing. God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you just don't need to be an ass.
1: Uh, Well... The song's most obvious debt was to the nursery rhyme Sing a Song of Sixpence, with which it shares a number of lyrical themes. And what's interesting is in that song, a blackbird is mentioned. And uh, maybe it's a coincidence, or maybe it's not, that blackbirds are mentioned in Sixpence, and McCartney wrote Blackbird in India. Maybe John heard Paul uh, practicing that song, and the six songs of Sixpence came to him. And it meshed with the T V advert.
0: Four and twenty blackbirds. It's also a really great bakery in Brooklyn. Or was. I don't know if it still is mm. there. Four twenty baby. Well, now I know where they got the I didn't know where four and twenty blackbirds came from, but now I know it's from this. Uh, it.
1: It's amazing this what country. you learn.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you you never you know, you never know what it's the thing you're gonna learn is and now I'm gonna Find out if it still exists. All right, you do that.
1: On the white album, Cry Baby Cry was followed by Paul McCartney's Can You Take Me Back, an ad lib song recorded during the September 16th session for I Will. Although unrelated to Cry Baby Cry, the songs are often classified as one. And I would say it works because it's also kind of creepy.
0: Can you take me back? Can you take me back? Blackbirds. It's by the Bell House. It's still there.
1: Oh, I, I must have walked by that.
0: Probably have.
1: 2006's Love Album featured Can You Take Me Back as a transitory piece. It was billed as Cry Baby Cry, although none of Lennon's song was included. Oh. The Beatles rec- began recording Cry Baby Cry on July 15th, 1968. They filled four 30-minute tapes with unnumbered rehearsal takes, which were wiped during the following two sessions.
0: A lot of wiping is happening in this epi- in this week. Wipe, wipe, wipe.
1: Or, like, people are aware of it now.
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Paul McCartney said, uh, because John had divorced Cynthia and gone off with Yoko, it meant that I'd hear some of the songs for the first time when he came to the studio, whereas in the past, we checked them with each other. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> it sounded like he listened to you anyway. <laughs> On July 16th, the group recorded 10 takes. The rehearsals evidently paid off, although lack overdubs. Take one, released in 1966, 1996 on Anthology 3, wasn't significantly different from the final version. The 10th take was the one selected for further work. Emmy Abby Rose long-serving balance engineer Jeff Embrick, who had made invaluable contributions to the Beatles' music since Revolver, stopped working with the group during the July 16th session as a result of the ongoing Tensions
0: So this was the song That was a bridge too far for him
1: no, Well I don't Yeah I think it was just a coincidence Like he, It was like the night before That they started recording this and he, Yeah
0: Also a Beatles song
1: Used <laughs> <laughs> Yeah well, it would be funny if, like, <laughs> Why are you quitting J- Jeff And he sang the night before And Paul's like that's not one of my best <laughs> Hey I know that one Hmm. After a day-long rehearsal, the basic tracks were laid down for Lennon's guitar part and his vocal on the introduction, McCarty's bass and Ringo Starr's drums along with Lennon's piano and George Martin's harmonium. All other parts were dubbed two two days later. Lennon's lead vocal, Lennon McCarty falsetto backing vocals and tambourines, Martin's harmonium introduction, sound effects for T, and George Harrison's lead guitar, a Gibson Les Paul borrowed from Merrick Clapton and soon to be a
0: permanent gift. We've made this joke already, so... Yes,
1: Eric got him back.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I went into a Wikipedia rabbit hole of hidden tracks. Uh, because oh, of, okay. Can you take me back? Um, so they, of course, mentioned Her Majesty. Yeah. But I, I thought "Freedom" by Paul McCarty, I didn't notice, was a hidden track on the original release of Drive, Driving Rain. It was later added as a track on the re-release. The track was not meant to be hidden. It was a tribute to 9-11 victims. And McCartney wanted it on the album, but the artwork was already finalized. So there was no choice but to make it as a hidden track.
0: What's your favorite hidden track?
1: I don't know, but the first one I was aware of was Endless Nameless. That, you know, that's on Nevermind. Okay, and, uh, sure like like five minutes after something in the way if you keep it on
0: um would you consider um train in vain i was gonna to say that track? yeah um i mean they don't I really look, hide it they just don't list it yeah um i would train in vain yeah. by the by the clash in case yes you know you don't know it uh don't want to talk down just don't want to assume <laughs> mm-hmm. no 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 um, there was also
1: uh, and it was mentioned in the Wikipedia article. Like I think my first CD uh, was the X Files movie soundtrack, and on that there's a hidden track at the end of it with Chris Carter, the creator of the show, talking about uh, secrets of the show that some of which oh, interesting. Re- some of which weren't revealed at the time. It's uh, like just at the end complementing like, the uh, for complicating the mythology.
0: <laughs> it's it's kind of like how uh, soon who will talk about Phil Spector at the end of his Christmas album saying we want to thank you for listening oh. to our album. Yeah,
1: <laughs> fuck that guy. But we'll, yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty soon, Ramsey Lewis recorded an instrumental version of this song on his 1968 album Mother Nature's Son. Commander Cody and his Lost Planet Airmen covered a song on a 1987 album, Flying Dreams. Oh, and the band Fish covered a song. Did they? <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb joke. And not just on Life Fish 13, though, notably. It was also on Hampton Comes Alive in 1998.
0: What a great, what a great joke there, too.
1: Now, the 1994 cover on Live Fish volume 13 that we all know and love, it includes Can You Take Me Back? But but in the Hamptons, it did not. Hmm. Love count,
0: zero. Josie scale, I give this a
1: yeah.
0: Absolutely. I give it a yeah as well.